the spiritual travels of a firewolf. This is Christy Bellage, and it is Tuesday. However, it is come, this episode is gonna be out on Wednesday, so uh, you know we're we're in February, February 9th, and. I'm going to probably have to do follow-ups to all the Outer Planet episodes because the last episode I did not mention Saturn and it was almost like the message of the teachers of the Outer Planets like Pluto got Pluto's episode and now you know these lessons of the Outer Planets are ongoing and Saturn as a great teacher is a huge huge lesson for all of us and Saturn right now is in Aquarius but Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn so there's rulers of Saturn in both signs so Saturn rules both Aquarius and Capricorn Um, however Aquarius has two co-rulers Uranus the energy of chaos, innovation, aha downloads, downloads that come, those genius downloads, and then Saturn is structure in a lot of ways, but it's also about life purpose, career, father energy, and the work structure that we know of today, Kronos, the god of time, Kalima, if you will, in certain ways, the crone. So I have a list written and I went and I really thought deeply today about how how I wanted to present Saturn as a teacher because I am just a student of astrology and of, you know, life of this planet of Earth, just like any one of us here. And I was thinking about last year that it was pretty much this time last year, like around the 6th or 7th of February of last year, that I took an impromptu drive by myself. Um, I knew I had a show in, I think it was like February 11th of 2021 in Pflugerville, Texas, and I was co-headlining that with um, wonderful comedian Maggie Mayfield. And um, it was a Kate Lois show, which is a producer out here in Texas. Let me see what day that was. February 2021. That was, I believe, the 10th or 11th. Yeah, the 10th of February last year. And um, so I was at like an Airbnb situation, like a cool Airbnb, but I learned a lot and that's, you know, when I committed to being on the road for however long I needed to, I oftentimes, you know, you wake up in the day, you do whatever delivery driving you do and you might not know where you're going to sleep that night. And so I'm so lucky. I have friends of mine that, you know, always like loaned me their couches or had an extra room or... I've just, you know, been, was lucky at the time that I was out there. And, um, 
I was staying at this Airbnb and I knew it was time to go. Um, I had been offered a month, but it was like in the middle of Ovila, of Texas, which is near Waxahachie, Texas. And there was not a lot of comedy going on. Uh, the closest town that I could get to was Fort Worth and Dallas, but that was like an hour and some change to get there. So probably like an hour 10, hour 15, which when you're doing delivery driving, it's like, it's a tough, it's a tough hustle. Um, to be like, oh, I'm just gonna, uh, stay in this little farm town. So I knew my time was in Waxahachie was like up and I was just gonna go down to Austin and stay in like a Motel 6, which for people that know me, Motel 6 has always been like my place to go because pretty much in any state you're in, there's a Motel 6, and it's usually the most affordable, although Red Roof Inns are, I've found, like, kind of my switch to when I can get a Red Roof versus a Motel 6, I'll get a Red Roof Inn, but they're a little bit nicer, in my opinion, than a Motel 6, but the thing I like about Motel 6 is you can drive and compare, like, they have their prices listed, <laughs> And I will compare and then you can go <laughs> to the one you want to stay at and say, hey, the guy down the street has it for this. And usually they give it to you for that price. So I don't know why I'm on this like diverted list. However, this time last year, I was like, well, you know, I could go down to Austin, do open mics, or I could go out to the desert and really say goodbye to 29 Palms Joshua Tree in the way that I really need to and honestly I've kind of come to figure out that like we all have these little places that we go to to kind of recalibrate that have nothing to do with the grind and it's not about a Instagram photo moment it's really about the connection you have to that place so you know I did drive several hours, like 16 hours randomly to Joshua Tree to stay there and basically get there, go to a hotel and do laundry in the morning and then turn around and go back to tech. I mean, I, I was there for maybe 24 hours, but it to me, it wasn't about, um, <laughs> that's the longest trip I've ever done to do laundry. Um, it's crazy. Like sometimes you just do crazy things that when you look back, you're like, you know what? It really was about that drive there and that drive back. And I think it was because when I moved to Texas, the first time I moved down with a friend and what I really needed to do was drive down by myself to Texas and really think about why I'm going to Texas in the first place. So the drive out there, I didn't go south through New Mexico. I actually went up north, um, the northern route, which took me through Amarillo, which I, and then I also went through some little towns in Texas and 
kind of got familiar with the the West Texas energy and stayed in a little town. Oh, fuck, what was it called? I don't remember the name of the town. It's a little college town in West Texas. And I remember being in the hotel there um, and thinking to myself, like, why in the fuck am I doing this? Am I doing the right thing? And it just so happened that Comedy Central, like, I never watched TV, but I had Comedy Central on or, like, one of those whatever the hotel stations have for comedy and like a movie was on and it was like a synchronicity it was like I just happened to put on that movie it was like Super Bowl time and I was like all right okay fuck like I can't get away from like even if I want to take my mind away from this journey I can't because I gotta keep this tort whatever this is like whatever this weird journey is and today a friend of mine looked at my chart um and was like hey you're not gonna be doing the same thing as other people you just gotta keep this weird journey going and it's gonna find its way but it's not gonna make sense right now you just gotta keep doing this online thing and you gotta keep being weird your weird self so hell I'm fucking in Austin and their slogan is keep it weird so guess what we're keeping it weird I go on spiritual journeys I talk to spirit guides my spirit guides tell me things people book me for sessions to talk to dead people I do that as a another gig that I get paid for and I do a pretty good job at it I would say but you know when it comes to myself you know I have a Saturn ruled chart I have a Mars-Saturn world chart. And when people have a Saturn return, for example, it's the hardest time of your life. For example, Adele went through her Saturn return. She has a tattoo of Saturn and the conspiracy. Twitter went crazy because they're like, oh my God, she's one of them. She's MK Ultra, And it's like, no, the sa- everybody goes through a Saturn return. And generally a Saturn return is around the age of 28, 29, 30 around 27 so the 27 club basically is a club that you know however you want to look at it conspiratorially they signed up on this planet to not make it through their Saturn return they had a specific message for example Kurt Cobain had a very specific thing he brought a different era he was one of the kings of the grunge era and then he was gone and grunge was pretty much Grunge had its time and then it left, but yet it's still around. It's crazy. So he never made it past his Saturn return. You know, so many musicians, artists never make it past their Saturn return because maybe they're an old soul that just needed to plant a little seed, allow it to proliferate in society. And they did their thing. They did their spiritual work. And some of us are here for a lot longer because this is all just school. This is all just our classroom. This is all just earth school. So as me on earth school, unfortunately, I have a Saturn world chart, which means, you know, I have these lessons that I have to go through 
um, and, and hopefully help other people through theirs. Um, but the thing that I learned from that trip, so I drove from Austin through all of Texas, through northern New Mexico, through Flagstaff, through Gallup, well, Gallup and then Flagstaff, um, up through, up into the desert of California, which is by far, like, this is the most beautiful terrain. The fact that this country is so torn politically, and I'll say it, I've said it many a times, and yet, when you get on a highway, like, even where I'm from in Maryland, like, there's something so healing about driving and you know one of my things for therapy that I did didn't realize with therapy for myself was you know if I were having a fuck off authority day which I have a lot of those um I would just drive around <laughs> Maryland and there were certain highways that were like my therapy um, just to look at farms and just to be around trees and nature and horses and water and mountains. And I didn't realize that I was basically like training myself to be able to drive across the country. I, I never realized that even from college, that it was always a preparation for me. Like I, if I were having a, an exam, uh, finals, anything like that, and I were up late, I would just go drive for like an hour, almost like it was like my me my meditation. I'd play music, I'd go drive through Westminster, the back hills of Westminster, Maryland, which is a little college town, and drive back roads. I mean, I've seen, I don't know why it's it was my thing, but it was, it is, and it, it's just the thing that I do, and, um, there is nothing more peaceful and beautiful than being able to, there's not, I mean, there's nothing more badass to me that's like, you wake up one morning and you're like, you know what, I want to be in California today, and I'm in Texas, how do I get there? And how do I make sure that I have enough for gas and have an oil change and have, uh, you know, what state do I get my oil change, my oil change in? And, you know, what, what do I need to do to make this work? Oh, and I think, anyway, I'm going off track. But it's just like... I went through the Painted Desert, and when I got into Gallup, New Mexico, I, it's one of, it's one of those towns that is a hidden gem, and my friend Jake Bassey, he's a great comic, um, recently went to LA, and he was, you know, his route was through Gallup. And Gallup is just one of those towns where I feel like it's just like a portal town. It's like where you just change direction and you have to go there to, to level up in some sort of way. And there's people there and it's a, it can be, it's a sad town to be quite honest. 
you know, it's Navajo, there, there's a Navajo casino there. And when I was there, the casino was completely bare and closed. And I went into the downtown area, um, to go to, to see if this coffee shop was still there, uh, that I had gone to my first year stand-up comedy when I did the same thing. I was like, I left, you know, the corporate life. I knew I had about a year and a half of a salary saved up that I could take a full year of my life and travel and allow myself to see the world. And I ended up, this was my Saturn return. You know, your purpose comes to you. It's just weird when your purpose you feel is whatever this is, stand-up comedy, however I'm doing stand-up is, it's tough because it's tough to not get into the Saturnic side of things. So Saturn is our responsibility. Saturn is our lessons of a lot, you know, being diligent in our purpose. But sometimes when you're diligent in your purpose, you know, how do you look at that responsibility to yourself and when do you put your foot down to what maybe the world taught you and um you know it's not just 28 year olds going through a Saturn return it's also when you're 56 57 58 and then keep counting 28 years later so these are our wake-up times in a lot of ways but it's waking up to that cold truth of our purpose where's your karma in your purpose and the first time around when I did that trip that where I got to Gallup was I was in I had driven from the San Juan Islands in Washington State I stayed in this island called Orcas Island which is probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen it's so beautiful and to even get there, you have to take a ferry. And I just remember, and you drive your car onto the ferry boat, and you're just like, on a ferry boat, there's Mount Olympus, and there's seals just swimming by. And this is people's lives. People live on these little, cute little northern islands off the northwest coast of the United Like, it's crazy to me that, that this country is so perfect and beautiful and yet so torn apart it's so with cool people you know you meet you go to these places and people are like usually I meet people in coffee shops I'm a comic I like to go write in coffee shops not so much anymore you know but you know you meet the owner of a coffee shop and they personally grind a bag of coffee for you that is brewed right in you know, Washington State, and it's the most amazing, delicious coffee you've ever had in your life, and they've got a little bookstore attached, and, you know, they just live on the island, and they tell you where to go, like, oh yeah, go to this point, look at this thing, it's really cool, like, I don't know how this is going to tie in, I, I just went in, I wrote notes, and this is what I'm, this is where I ended up, I ended up on my Saturn return. So Saturn is the school of hard knocks, basically. Doesn't matter how much school you've gone to. You could have a PhD. If you're going through your Saturn return, 
you're getting your karma returned to you. And a lot of times that has to deal with generational karma and you have to decide if you want to carry that torch or not. You know, sometimes you have soulmates come through on your Saturn return. You have to decide where you put that boundary and where you carry that torch and where you really create something for yourself, that independence that you need for yourself. And I feel like the lessons that we're going through in society right now really have to do with the hustle and the grind culture and how it's breaking down. Because I remember during my Saturn return, the greatest teacher was my health. And right now, you know, I'm not going through a Saturn return, but my chart is very active with a Pluto square in Capricorn. So I'm getting kind of that lesson returned to me in certain ways. And again, it's my health. Again, it's my physical energy. Again, it's me having to decide, you know, am I here to please a system that is falling apart already? Or am I here to create something completely new? So the notes that I wrote for today is, you know, the teacher that is Saturn can sometimes be a teacher who is showing you your upper limits, is showing you... that you can rise above what they have, whatever that teacher is, whether it's, you know, when I was in the Maryland, when I moved from Augusta, Georgia to Maryland, when my family's a military family, we were stationed from Maryland to Augusta, Georgia, and I went through my early parts of elementary school. When we returned back to Maryland, we moved into a very wealthy school district. The school district said, oh, she's from Augusta, Georgia, or oh, you lived in Georgia, you lived in the South. Um, and from the age of seven to the age of 13, I was put in almost the lowest level of class of of education and even when I was seven they put me in like a special ed sort of hybrid class um I had gotten labeled and it, it took until I was in the seventh grade in this very high class suburban school district that a teacher was like she's so smart like you need like and I don't mean that like I'm dumb, but like in the way that I had been labeled for so long and yet it's that that's a lesson in authority. So she put me in something called the gifted and talented program, which I have a lot of things against the school district that I grew up in, but I don't. You know, I'm sure everybody that has a kid or has a, you know, is a teacher in the school, in their school district has something like, this is some bullshit, but you keep kind of like one of, like if I were to think of what I would say to a, a kid that's being constantly labeled as dumb, I would tell them like, look, they're giving you the standard and it's up to you to decide 
is this your standard or is this the system systemic standard and for me the hardest part about the school district I was in was it was based on standardized testing and a I would get distracted really easily during the tests however b if you read standardized test questions they have a th- all the answers are right and all the answers are wrong like you could argue any of those answers to be correct it really depends on how you look at it so it was really hard and i had to take a bunch of extra classes and teachers just showed me like a formula and once i realized it was just formulaic i didn't you know i started passing my standardized tests for the state of maryland but that has been the litmus test for society. It's just a small example of how authority is used in education. And I'm not alone in this. I'm sure there's so many people that got labeled in their education system. And I know that that's true for everybody, especially for you know, underprivileged communities that get fucked over continually. Authority brings a standard and people have to decide if that's their standard or not and that's the school of hard knocks you know feeling like a fucking underdog and fucking saying you know what I'm gonna punch through this anyway I might not punch the same way you punch but that's Saturn's lesson there how do you learn to punch There's so many different types of arenas to get into. A lot of times, you know, you can work and work and work and pay your dues. And even if you do that, and I've learned this the hard way. And I learned, and I think that that's pretty much, it took me a year to figure this out. Because on that trip to Joshua Tree of pretty much this time last year, This podcast was called the Firewolf Podcast, which is a name that was given to me when I was on mushrooms and was channeling in the desert and was told, you have to call this a firewolf. And I was like, that's a big name for, like, that's a, this is like, I'm uncomfortable even talking about, like, could I call it like, I love astrology, glitter, you know, like something super sweet, like, but it was like, no, you have to call it the firewolf and you have to like claim this stuff. I think all of us have this thing, not just me. I'm not like I'm a human ultimately learning lessons on this planet, you know. And when I was on the trip coming back to Austin, the desert, when I was driving through, so the parts of the desert I would drive through were like extremely desolate. I would go down specific highways where I knew I wouldn't meet traffic for a couple of hours and when I was driving I was just doing like a meditation like what do I do with this thing this podcast like my voice and was told like change the name to the spiritual travels of the firewolf I was like that is a fucking mouthful and already I talk too much so it's like Really, I've gotten changed the name. Why can't it be called like something cooler? <laughs> like something a little bit more rolls off the tongue, 
catchier. But ultimately, this podcast was born in the desert. And I think ultimately, when I lived in the desert, what Joshua Tree, which is on the 33rd parallel, taught me is about the divine feminine and how there is a lot of she has risen. You know, and Saturn is always seen as like this masculine authority father figure that just is like scolding you and like, this is what you do. But the duality is there's also the maiden mother and crone and the crone is the wise woman, the wise older authority figure. So, I don't know. I might not go full into this episode. This is like a part two on outer planets. There's so much to say about Saturn in your chart, but ultimately the lessons are very personal for everybody. Everybody has a generational history. Everybody has a a journey. And, you know, getting back to when I was up in, in Orca's Island, I was going through my Saturn return and I drove down to Tucson and I was in Gallup for the first time. And when I was in Gallup, the first time I went to this little coffee shop and to this day, I don't know if it's the same one, but when I was doing that drive last year, I was like, I'm going to stop in Gallup and see if that coffee shop's there. And I went there and I remember walking through the town and being like, this is not land that, I mean, it's built on, you're on a main street, there's, you know, it's a, it's a desolate town, and there's jewelers, and, you know, it's native art, But ultimately, you could feel that energy of like seeping souls just walking through the town. I don't know. Certain places you go, you feel the souls there saying things, but you just don't know how to properly put it into words. And that's Saturn in certain ways, too. It's like the Hall of Mirrors. It's like that Hall of Ancients. That's what I feel like that town is, the Hall of Ancients. That's what I'll say, Gallup, New Mexico. The Hall of Ancient Ancestors here to scream messages to us that we cannot hear quite yet. I was going to talk about Venus. I think I've gone too long. I think I've said too much. And I, do I have any other things to say about Saturn? No, not today. That's it. Have a good one. Mm